Hello listeners, new and old. Robert Ellie here. As you may know, the Spoke is looking for new committee members and presenters. If you're at all interested in getting involved, get in touch with us via our social media, at the Spoke. Or optionally, you can contact us at our CRS IDs. Mine is RS2014. And mine is EG553. We look forward to spoking with you soon. Hello, I'm Ellie and I'm a third year geographer. Hi, I'm George and I'm a third year MML student. Welcome to The Spoke, where we spoke to you about all things cats. The Spoke is a podcast for all your cat-based needs. We're here to broadcast interviews and features about cats directly to your phone. Recorded across the United Kingdom via Microsoft Teams to bring cats and its really good community together. You may notice that we love a good pun, and The Spoke is an incredibly clever pun based off the wheel. So settle down, grab a cup of tea and a portion of mini hash browns. It's The Spoke. Welcome to another episode of The Spoke. Today we're talking about welfare. During these unprecedented times, in which the word unprecedented has been used an unprecedented amount of times, working on welfare is more necessary than ever. Stuck inside for months and still facing limited contact with friends and family, developing coping mechanisms and ways to make the most out of our days can be tricky. We decided to speak to some of the welfare team in college to get their thoughts on these difficulties and hear their experiences during lockdown. Later on, we have a chat with the JCR welfare officers, Anusha and Alex. But first, we're talking to Mary, our new college welfare officer. We sat down with Mary, through the power of video calls, after some minor technical difficulties, to get to know her a little better. Hi Mary, it's good to spoke to you. For the listeners who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, most likely as a result of the pandemic, could you introduce yourself briefly and explain a little bit about your role in college? Absolutely. Hi. Um, It's so lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, So I'm Mary. I'm the welfare officer at St Catharines. And yeah, you're right. Most people probably haven't met me yet because I joined college in sort of mid-January time. And then lockdown happened at the end of Lent term. So they probably haven't had a chance to see me face to face. Um, But my role is to really um, support students, staff and fellows with their well-being and um, to try and create an environment of positive well-being within the college and provide one-to-one and small group support for whoever might need it. Um, And it's a really fluid and flexible role, so it really is student, staff and fellow-led as to what the needs are. Then we think about how we can put that in place for the college community. Lovely. So um, obviously lockdown has meant that lives have been a bit more limited during the past few months. What have you been doing to improve your own welfare during lockdown with the classic examples being running, baking, gardening? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So I I grew up in Cambridge, um, but Mm -hmm. um, returned returned to Cambridge for for this role. Um, So so I grew up but was never really a fan of cycling. I was uh, an acquaintance of a bike, but not a great friend of a bike. <laughs> but since lockdown, uh, me, me and bikes have become very good friends. And so um, I've been doing yeah, a bit more cycling, which has been really good to get out of the house to see um, the, the local countryside and just have that boost of endorphins every now and then as well has been really handy. So that's that's been an, a new unexpected thing that I didn't ever think would be part of my life. Is now <laughs> lockdown has gifted me a gift of cycling, I guess. <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> How have you found the whole uh, working from home, the, you know, the Teams, the Zooms, the Google Hangouts of this world? How have you kind of adapted to those? 
Yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been interesting to kind of have that journey with everyone as well, really, because I guess, first of all, it's been quite humbling because I thought that I was quite tech savvy, but actually it makes me feel like a grandma. Like I'm always the last person on the call looking for the, the hang up button and like <laughs> feeling a bit inept. But also um, I think it's been quite humbling because you think that you can interact with people and you're used to meetings and getting through agendas, but actually you're adapting to a whole new way of working mm -hmm. and that just takes time and it's about being kind to yourself and allowing that process to bed in really and it's been interesting to see kind of the whole college community and university community go through that transition of like why do I feel exhausted after a zoom call you know or why can I only do fit so many meetings in a day and not like I used to when I was in college like in person yeah. and it's like yeah the, it's a whole new way of working it drains us in whole yeah really new interesting ways and pacing ourselves with this technology is, seems to be really important um so yeah I'm really pleased that you have the opportunity to still have those face-to-face -face connections I think that's really important particularly with welfare and well-being and trying to make people feel at ease and and able to, able to talk about their experiences I think that's been a real gift but it's also been a learning curve for everyone I think and that's not always an easy thing to undertake all together all at the same time and and be patient with one another whilst we're doing that. Do you see perhaps a benefit of the, the, the online calls for kind of a future society especially kind of in universities where being face-to-face -face, being present everywhere isn't necessarily always required? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's really um, opened up new opportunities, I think, in how we work together. I think particularly mm -hmm. thinking about welfare and well-being, sometimes it can feel quite daunting coming into someone's office for the first time or meeting someone for the first time and perhaps offering a video call beforehand could, could make that transition a bit easier. You're in the safety of your room, you know, you kind of can have your com comforts around you and that can feel less of a daunting step to take I think and um, you still get that sense of connection perhaps but in a different way um, so yeah I think it's made and the welfare team think very creatively about how we can use use these tools to really support and equip people with their well-being going forward. Yeah that's really interesting um, so you mentioned before that we've all sort of had to struggle to adapt to these new circumstances all the zooms everything um, as the welfare officer do you have any suggestions as to what we all could be doing at uh, the students as well for our welfare at this time any top tips? Yeah absolutely I mean I think I mentioned it a little bit, but like I think being kind to ourselves seems really important. Um, mm -hmm. Every now and then, I sort of say to myself, like, why does this feel so hard? Like, why can't I get all of my to-do list done as I would usually do? Or why am I grumpy today? Or like, why does this feel just so irritating? It's like, well, we're living in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, maybe mm -hmm. that's a contributing factor here. And like, that's not to be flippant or glib, but like, actually, it impacts us in really real ways. It questions our sense of like safety and security and like our, our normal ways of coping are curbed because of restrictions as well yeah, definitely. and you know our inner resources are being stretched in ways that we probably can't even tell all the time as well like we're constantly you know zoom calling it means that we are working extra hard in these calls to pick up on those cues and um, the, the non-verbal interactions so we're just kind of we're stretched all the time and it's a, a real high stress environment and we've been it for in in it for months and months and months. So like, usually you'd be like, okay, well we'd be exposed to a challenge, we'd get used to it, we'd adapt to it, and it'd feel easier. But actually, the goalposts keep changing in the pandemic as well, mm -hmm. and there's a new thing to worry about or a new thing to get used to. So it really is just like 
being really gentle with ourselves, like really being really kind to ourselves, recognising that this is a very strange and weird and hard situation to be in. Like it feels mm -hmm. difficult because it is difficult. And like allowing that to be okay, I think is really important. Um, and I think linked to that is kind of our expectations on ourselves as well. Like it's been really interesting to see, I think the global shift of being like, well, whatever we could do in the office, we'll do at home. And that's just going to be our, our kind of our priority here. But actually in doing that, perhaps you've lost an opportunity to kind of have a breathing space of saying this is like a massive life change that's happening and we need to process that and recognize that and actually it's not business as usual in lots of ways because we're adapting to lots of things all in one go and that's really hard as well and um it's okay for that to feel hard because it's it's yeah it's a unique experience that everyone's going through yeah um yeah it's interesting just kind of hear the kind of the the difference is kind of spread out a bit more like that. You kind of feel it without kind of mm -hmm. acknowledging exactly what it is, I guess. Um, okay, so after some very detailed research, by which we mean an article on the CAT <laughs> website, um, we discovered that you used to have a similar role in a secondary school. Yes. Um, could you kind of maybe elaborate on the differences a bit between working with school-age students and then university students? That's obviously a transition that all of us go through without necessarily really acknowledging. Absolutely. And so um, my previous role was working in a secondary school in sixth form. So I was working with 11 to 18 year olds. And um, a key thing that was kind of part of my role was thinking about the transitions that the young people go through in that period. And so thinking about like, joining secondary school, moving up to sixth form and then leaving to go on to university and thinking that actually transitions are really, really difficult and challenging because, again, things that we appreciate as human beings like certainty, mm -hmm. control, knowing what to expect, all those things just kind of change all at once and that can feel very overwhelming and quite daunting and so um, I did a lot of projects around sort of preparing students for those transitions and kind of try how they to protect their well-being in that transition um, and so I think that's been quite interesting to reflect on that within the university context because that obviously my former job would stop at when they left sixth form and now it sort of starts when they join the college community um, and so that's it's interesting to see the other side of the other side of the coin, I guess, and how to um, adapt to the transition once you join where you join somewhere as an as an adult, actually. And it's actually a really different environment, and I guess a lots of your um, independence is is more um, kind of pronounced as well. And you're 18, so you have legal confidentiality and things like that as well, which is um, in the welfare context, I think it's really important and actually I've really enjoyed working with 18-year-olds up because you have a lot more autonomy over the welfare support that you get and you can shape it far more. And that's been really exciting to kind of support students in that process, I think. I've really enjoyed that. You mentioned kind of the transitions there, the kind of the transition that a lot of kind of year 13s are going through at the moment yeah. with this kind of lack of an end of school, yeah. potentially a very different beginning to university. Yeah. What kind of challenges would you kind of foresee them having? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think also another theme in the pandemic has been like a real sense of loss, but being quite, finding it quite hard to kind of articulate that loss or understand that loss. And you kind of touched on it there as a year 13. They've lost their right of passage of um, sitting their A-levels, of kind of working really hard and having that gratifying feeling at the end of it, of getting their results that they feel that they've put their work into and that reflects their ability and the work that they put in, um, of kind of like leaving their, their sixth form or wherever, they, or their college and having that sort of 
well done, congratulations, here's the next step of your life. And it's kind of just sort of been a bit online learning, I imagine, and, and not quite what they're expecting. And that, I think that must be really hard. And like, I think that's happened in our college community as well. So I think it's about acknowledging that you didn't have the ending that you probably deserved and were looking forward to and were counting on. And, and that's really hard. And um, thinking about the expectations then for the next for the next chapter of university and that being different to how, how, how you'd envisage it and also being different to perhaps how your siblings encountered it or your parents encountered it or people in your community, you're going to have a very different experience and like you have to kind of have an acceptance of that and that be okay and, you know, make that part of your journey and your story, I think. Um, but also, you know, we've all experienced lockdown, well, most of us have, in our homes or with people who we know and so coming to university and still having social distancing restrictions that's going to be a very different experience as well and they're going to have to be kind of figuring out where where they feel safe and their boundaries are while trying to make friends and those connections and be part of a new community and so there's be a lot happening all in one go but I think actually as a college community we'll all be doing that in a way because we haven't experienced um, social distancing as a community as a whole either yet and so it's kind of just reassuring that I think everyone will be in that same position as well and actually we'll be figuring it out all together as a community and the brilliant thing about CATS is that actually there's a really strong sense of community and like um, mutual responsibility so no one's going to be asked to do something they're not comfortable with because we actually have each other's backs in a really real way I think um, and hopefully that can reassure the freshers joining us in October that actually you're joining someone that's really friendly and caring um, and genuinely welcoming and therefore that will hopefully make that transition feel a bit easier yeah um, so now pretty broad question but why student welfare was there anything in particular that led you to an interest in this role Oh, lots of things, actually. <laughs> so I think because my previous role, I was working up until the end of sixth form. I'd, and I'd always be curious about what, what was the next step for the students that I was working with, like what lay, by, <laughs> lay, lay next for them. And um, and that, as being working with well, in well-being, being aware of the differences of under-18 provision and over-18 provision, mm -hmm. and actually feeling like that's a really important window for, for young people and getting that right seems really important. And so kind of being part of that felt quite exciting, I think. Um, and But also, you know, I think at university, it's, it's, you become an adult, but life continues to be quite overwhelming and quite yeah. full on, and you're you're trying to learn lots of new life skills all in one go whilst getting used to a new academic environment and finding friends who you get on with and figuring out where you fit. So there's all these challenges, which actually, they're lifelong things, I think, that we, we encounter. But university is quite an intense period of that, mm -hmm. I think. And so it felt like, actually, there's a really unique um, period of supporting young people's well-being and equipping them to kind of have the tools to unpack some of these things and manage those things perhaps in a more healthy way which felt really um, interesting exciting to me as well. <laughs> you touched upon the community atmosphere at CATS um, and obviously it's something you've already noticed already. Um, have you found it easy to settle in at CATS? Why, why was CATS um, the right choice for you? Yeah well, you know it's, it's reputation as being the friendly college and it, it it absolutely is though it's, it's really phenomenal and I was saying to someone last week like it's not it's not usual that you join a community and then you hit a crisis straight away and you get to see how that community responds to that crisis. Mm -hmm. But with CATS, it was really, really, really incredible to see the community respond with such 
compassion and empathy and like a sense of unity of trying to get through this all together and that's from staff fellow students like it's really been incredible to to watch and I think the the beauty of well-being at CATS is that actually my role is not to I'm not starting something new or something from scratch you already have this feeling of like a positive well-being that you value each other's well-being that you want it to be a place where people can thrive like genuinely thrive so my role is just to try and enhance that and join the dots of that a bit more rather than establish it because it's already there like the all the bits already happening it's just making it work perhaps a bit more smoother um so i i worked in the university about 10 years ago but in a departmental setting in a different role and one of my colleagues was based at cats and, and they used to talk about cats being a friendly college so i've had this impression for like for years and actually it's really amazing like to see it's all the hype is true <laughs> Of course, no discussion about cats would be complete without a mention of the different types of potato that are available in Hall. How many different types have you tried and have you a favourite? Oh, pressure is on now. OK, let's have a think. Let's have a think. Mm, how many different types of potato have I tried? Pro mm, probably two or three different types, perhaps. But yes, I mean, it's a definite bonus being able to have lunch in <laughs> That was a lovely perk. <laughs> Definitely missing that when I'm having my, like, less exciting homemade meals during <laughs> lockdown at lunchtime. It's not quite whole potatoes. Definitely not. But I'm really pleased that they published the recipes now, though, because that, that it seems like a real gift <laughs> to be able to recreate. Happy diced potatoes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. But no, yes, it'd be it'd be nice to be back in college um, and be able to enjoy enjoy those herby potatoes. Even again. more potatoes. <laughs> uh, OK, so looking into the hopefully post lockdown future, what are your main hopes for the role of welfare officer at CATS? Well, I think I just I'm really excited about getting to know more yeah. of the community and, and forming those bonds and those links, actually, because I think, again, from my view of the welfare officer role it's all about collaboration and so um it's about trying to understand what the needs of the community are and then try and build something that meets those needs effectively alongside everyone else in the community and so um the thing with the pandemic and i guess a danger of of not of working from home or feeling isolated is that you you miss some of that natural feedback that happens as you're around college or you you talk to people informally or you know you can get a sense of of, of where people are at and that's harder to do I think um, working from mm -hmm. home or not seeing students or fellows or staff day to day um, obviously we're not quite sure what um, next term is going to particularly look like but also you know we're working really hard with myself and Holly and Ali and ev everyone actually is working really hard to make sure that whatever happens really is effective and meets the student needs and um, isn't just sort of like um, a, a plaster on a broken leg but actually is really really effective and um, I think we're keenly aware that coming back into college is like a really exciting positive thing but might also feel quite daunting and anxiety provoking for people as well and trying to get that balance seems really important um for all community for all members of the community i think absolutely would you have any advice for students as they kind of begin to prepare to come back next year some of them new some of them returning for their second and third years into a a college that will look very different to the one they left yeah absolutely well, i think it's important to acknowledge that sense of of loss actually you know 
no member of our community has not been touched by the pandemic and and their lives haven't been changed in some way shape or form and you know we're we're here and we're talking within the UK but we've got a global community as well of students who might have had very different experiences and different restrictions and that that must must be difficult as well then to come back and get get used to what whatever we're doing in the UK might be different to what, what's happening in their home setting um, but also a sense of loss of, you know, the, the didn't we didn't have Easter term as we expected, we didn't have May week, we didn't have, you know, the rewards of all the hard work that we put in mm -hmm. last year and and then coming back in and not knowing what to expect as well, that level of uncertainty. It's really hard as human beings to tolerate uncertainty. We don't really like it. And I think we just need to name that sometimes, that that's really hard. And I think as well, as much as we're talking about wanting to have things as normal as possible it is going to be different and we need to to, to make that that's okay it's going to be different and our expectations and of ourselves need to be different I think you know we're having a Michaelmas term but if this is your second third or fourth year or you're a grad student it's gonna be a very different Michaelmas term for you as well and maybe adjust your expectations about your productivity and you know your how much you feel academically you can produce and all that sort of thing that might take shift again you know and your motivation might shift again and your feeling of connectedness might shift again you might come back to Cambridge it might feel very strange because you're used to Cambridge College feeling a certain way mm -hmm. and it doesn't and you know it's, it's kind of acknowledging that might be a, a tricky process that's okay like there's support there for 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 you and I think as well you know with the welfare team it's a confidential service anyone can come and talk to to myself to Ali to D our college nurse um, there's no problem too small to come and talk to us about as well so don't feel like it ha things have to be really bad or like you're mm -hmm. wasting our time or like it's 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 not a real thing like we just want to talk with you and see how you're doing like if it's on your mind come and talk with us about it like you're more than welcome all the time and you know again we're not sure what that provision will look like whether we could be in college be at home be a mixture of both but we'll always be available like that's the bottom line like with we're not where we are we'd, we'd want to talk with you and make sure that you feel supported that's great. Um, we'll now come to our last question, which is a question we've been asking everyone who's been on the podcast so far. Um, what would be three words to sum up your time at CATS so far? Okay, so my first word is warm, because when people said, like, what sort of welcome have you had? It's been a really, really warm welcome, like a really genuine mm -hmm. warm, um, warm welcome. And that's been incredible. So I want to thank everyone for that, actually, because that's, that's been brilliant. Um, my second word is positive, because it's been a really positive um, welcome as well. I think sometimes when you're working in welfare and well-being, part of your role is to kind of advocate for the importance of well-being or why it needs to be on the agenda but actually at cats i haven't found that at all everyone's like oh yes welfare like <laughs> let's get it done let's get behind it it's really important and that's so incredible like that's such a gift um so i really appreciate that and my last word is community um because like cats has got lots of different parts of community in it i guess you have the jcr the mcr the staff the fellows but then as a whole it works really beautifully together as well um and it's really invested in each in, in each part of the its community's um well-being and success i guess so yeah a warm positive community has been my experience of cats so far that's lovely warm positive community <laughs> love it <laughs> Wonderful stuff there from Mary. Next up, we're chatting to Anusha and Alex, discussing lockdown baking mishaps, virtual JCR meetings, and potential plans for this term. 
Hi, Alex and Anusha. We're pleased to spoke to you. Can you tell us a bit about yourselves and your role in college, please? Go on, Anusha. I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm Anusha. Um, I am the female non-binary welfare officer. So um, I work with Alex and Mary and kind of Dee, the college nurse, and all sorts of people to sort of keep everyone's welfare kind of at a good level, um, trying to like share resources and that kind of stuff and hopefully just be like a friendly face, even though one you might not have seen for the past few months. But um, yeah, hopefully one that you'll be pleased to see again on October. Yeah, um, and I am uh, Alex, um, Anusha's partner in crime for welfare. So I'm a male <laughs> and non-binary welfare officer as well. Um, and yeah, I think Anusha summarised everything pretty well there. It's just been a bit of an odd term for welfare because obviously it's all been offline. It's all been, you know, everyone's been all scattered all over the place. So. So yeah, it's been a challenge, but it's been, yeah. Okay, Anisha, would you say, do you think? Thumbs up? It's been all right. It's been all right. <laughs> it's been all right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, touching on the subject of being spread around and not being in college, how has lockdown been treating you? Have you picked up any new hobbies, baking, jogging, painting? Gardening. <laughs> I can't lie, I did nothing. I did literally sure. nothing. I think I painted a sunflower because my little brother had like, old paints but they were really old and they'd like they'd stopped working um so I literally like did nothing and I loved it I won't lie I was like I'm not gonna do anything I'm gonna watch Modern Family and just chill out and so that was my thing I'm struggling to find someone who hasn't watched Modern Family in lockdown yet. <laughs> I mean just I just so started good. last week it's so good it's so good <laughs> yeah no I've been through an ungodly amount of Netflix as well which I think is very healthy um, but no, I, I sort of tried, I sort of got the idea into my head that I'd become a baker or so, somehow become creative in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, so my Father's Day came around and I tried to make lemon drizzle cake. And for the experienced bakers out there, that's probably one of the most basic recipes there is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not for me. And I sort of made it and thought, oh, it'll be fine. Came up the next morning and it disappeared from the kitchen. And my mum had been like, oh, it, it didn't seem to go very well. So I fed it to the birds in the garden. So my cake, <laughs> my, my cake, my cake was just whisked from under my feet and, and the birds had eaten all of it. So, you know, it might a, a bit of disservice to Father's Day, but the birds in the garden enjoyed it. Uh, so, yeah, baking hasn't gone very well as far as new hobbies are, new hobbies are going. But, um, but yeah, no, I think it's been, lockdown's been a nice time just to, uh, just to, you know, reconnect with some old friends and just do some things that you didn't really have time to do in Cambridge necessarily because um I think when you're not in Cambridge you sort of feel as though you have more free time even though you know you the same workload is kind of expected in an Easter term so so yeah it's been it's been all right it's been all right could be yeah. better could have been worse you know well speaking of Cambridge how did you all find your Easter term online all the online lectures exams if you had any <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we got off um, some. So we were told that there was some sort of democratic vote on a group chat on Facebook saying, um, you know, in favour or against exams. I put my group chat on mute. So I had no say in this uh, in this oh. thing. <laughs> and neither did, I neither did most of the cats. MML is actually because I do, I do MML. Um, something I mentioned and um and so we got exams which is lovely but that was just a that was just a week at the end of May so as soon as that was over it was over um and it was, it was really odd because obviously we were trying to sort of replicate Cambridge at home um with your zoom calls and whatnot um you know and then suddenly you know that was it your exams were submitted and then you just kind of like okay signing off for the next five months or whatever um and term just sort of fizzled out so 
yeah, it was okay, but it was it was sort of nice. It was better than nothing, I think, just being able to see people, just to see their faces and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Anusha, how was yours really? It was pretty much. <laughs> it was. It was yeah, um, I do. Yeah, I do aims so like Arabic. Um, and it was it was alright. Like it was all online. But I think like one good thing with language learning is we do it in person. Like it's really basic because like we're learning it from scratch. So, like we like roll the dice and like we like colour things in to learn the colours. <laughs> um, so that kind of side of it was um different. But I kind of liked. I feel like a lot of like the stress that comes from Cambridge is like being an adult and like figuring out how to be an adult on top of your degree and that kind of got taken away from me a bit and I yeah. really enjoyed that. I was like, oh my god, dinner's made today, I don't even have to do that. Like you could I guess focus more on your work. But I think it was a bit of a struggle. I don't like it. I don't I can't work from home. But like I agree. Made it through. Yeah. I don't know how anyone has ever worked from home in their life. I just get distracted by anything and everything. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, at least it's done now, is what I would say. Thank goodness. <laughs> As obviously JCR officers, I guess part of your term also included some virtual JCR meetings. How were they? What were they like? Were they a bit bit weird? Yeah, um, I mean, we had we didn't have many actually. There were only two, um, okay. and you know you can imagine the agenda like it wasn't too big because everyone was uh, <laughs> sort of you know obviously not in college, um, but I think people sort of tried the best they could, especially the. Um, BME officers Josie and Danielle and you know they definitely had their plates full um during Easter term and it was a real challenge for them as much as us as well as welfare officers to you know make sure that you know you have that community spirit and you have the JCR looking out for the rest of the members in college and you have to do that really just through Facebook so um and you know maybe emails which people get annoyed if you send them too many which is completely understandable um so the JCR meetings were kind of um non-event I mean I was I expect them to not be very eventful but actually um with everything that was going on in the wider world we actually had quite a bit to talk about and a lot of things were actually affecting the college community which we I mean could have never anticipated on top of Covid and everything else um so they were quite busy weren't they initially they were quite like you know yeah I think we had a few technical difficulties as well which I think like it was the first time for me using teams I remember we ended up in like two separate teams there were like two meetings going on and everyone was a bit <laughs> confused as to what was happening um but yeah it was like nice to touch base with everyone I think um because I think like with us I felt like it was kind of like you're doing your own thing like with welfare like creating like a master post of like welfare resources and trying to like do like virtual stuff and then so it's really nice like touch base and be like hey we need help with this we need help with this um and everyone kind of certain people their roles just weren't as demanding anymore and so they had more time to give for like roles where they were getting a lot more work um but yeah it's good nice. for us because we just had our little welfare tea so me and Anusha would meet like every Sunday and just have a little like chat and stuff which is nice you know a bit of like routine and stuff um even, <laughs> even, though, the, even though the welfare teas weren't that popular um you know it was still nice for us just to have a little chat so yeah J- JCR. did you get a lot of uptake on the welfare teas I think it was just me and Alex. <laughs> Every I slowly just stopped putting them on Instagram and I was like, okay, no one's going to notice that we're just not doing them anymore because no one was really coming. Um, yeah, that's one that I think, like, without free food, no one's going to come yeah. to them. Ultimately, it's just a chat online, which I guess can be a bit weird. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's one thing we've learned to adjust is, like, what works online isn't necessarily what worked before, which was a bit hard to figure out. I think also everyone's just getting a bit tired of Zoom calls, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and the pub quizzes. Oh, too many now. It's a novelty at first, but the novelty is quickly worn off. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, exactly.
So um, why did you both want to become welfare officers? Like, what was there anything particularly that, like, appealed to you about the roles? Oh, I like talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I felt like I'd been, like, a tiny bit of, like, an agony aunt almost. Um, <laughs> and I just, I really, I felt like in my head I was, like, I'm, like, a little bit older and I feel like I have uh, maybe, like, a more mature perspective on stuff that people had found helpful just, like, in friendly chats. And I was like, oh, maybe welfare officer would be fun. And I remember, like, I rang my mom and I was like, I'm really scared. This seems like a really big role. Like, like. and then she's like, what's the worst that could happen? Not knowing that we'd go into, like, lockdown. And I'd yes. be like, oh, my God, everyone's going to be, like, suffering at home and I don't know how to help them. Um, but, no, it just seemed like a really, like, I spoke to Charlotte at the kind of open JCR meeting yeah. that we had. And it just seemed like a really nice way to kind of connect with everyone and just sort of help people out, I guess. Um, whilst also, like, being able to do, like, really fun stuff, like, make the welfareies I find that so fun and like so funny when I see like the inside jokes that people are writing and stuff like that um so yeah that's what I liked yeah no I mean I think unlike Anisha mine was kind of um unplanned um so I was thinking of running for the JCR um and I sort of couldn't decide which role I was going to go for because I fancied welfare then I also fancied um green as well and a few others and uh, it got to this point where it was I think maybe a couple of hours or maybe the day before the JCR like deadline you know when you had to submit what you wanted to run for and uh, we had this formal where everyone just you know over a glass of wine was like oh no you should you should definitely go welfare I was sort of getting snapped I wasn't actually at the formal but I was getting snapchats and sort of phone calls outside the hall being like oh yeah I know you should you should run for it because you know you like to talk and surely that's a good thing so um and you and so yeah I sort of went for it and for that partly for that reason obviously but also because as Anisha said as well it, it is um you know it's it's a nice responsibility to have and it's nice knowing that you make a difference even if it doesn't always you know translate into Facebook likes or something like that or just you know how well your Instagram <laughs> page is doing you know you sort of know that you're having a bit of an impact um and and yeah I think that's the most important thing about it really but um yeah but yeah <laughs> Obviously, next term is going to be a bit kind of weird. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Have you got any plans, kind of we welfare for next term, any kind of special events you're going to try and hold, um, COVID permitting? Well, we still have, on a technical note, the animal petting from yeah. Like, that's still like oh, of course, kind of yeah. in our back pocket. It's just a case of when we can do it. Um, so I feel like as soon as we can do that, that will be a really fun one to do. It's just very sort of on like what's going on um and the other day I was I don't know why I was thinking about Halloween and I was like oh my god would you get everyone to carve pumpkins because it's like it's really hard trying to think of welfare activities that aren't in groups that you can kind of do in smaller groups and maybe kind of take back with your friends because it's like there's just so much uncertainty like I don't know what will be allowed and what won't like Mm -hmm. it might even be online again I have no idea how it's going to work um so I think we'll have more of a think as we get a clearer picture of what is going on um, but yeah, the animal paying farm is probably the biggest one because that's just floating about in the air. Like, don't know when that's going to take place, but it will happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the animal farm's been delayed about a year now, hasn't it, or something? Oh god. Something about that. Yeah. I think it's meant to be Easter. I want term to pet those year, animals. So. Yeah, I think we need to sort of um, rein people's expectations in because people are asking, um, "Are we going to have goats and things?" And you know, uh, sort of those sort of farm animals and like horses. I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe more horses. sort of the, horses. maybe sort of like you know, sort of a. Uh, 
Exactly, a sort of little farmyard going on in the middle of Chad's, which I don't think the reporters would be thrilled with, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, think it, I think it's. How big do they think Chad's is? Well, exactly, exactly. Uh, apart from, you know, a few guinea pigs and hamsters and some, you know, other Aww. fluffy things, I think would be That's nice. good enough for me. That's all we need, some fluffy things. <laughs> I get many fluffy things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we started a few new ideas in Easter term. So we had the Let's Leave College thing. Um, which, you know, we sort of thought we were going to sort of try and get that going, which is where basically everyone meets up um, at Plodge and you just go and walk somewhere or you just, you know, just generally go somewhere in Cambridge. And we had one at the Botanic Gardens, um, which was nice. So we might see if that goes on again, uh, weather permitting. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just like the little things that we sort of had in mind, which we'll have to push back. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll sort of try and make the rest of our term as uh, JCR welfare officers and see how much we can cram into Michaelmas and the start of Easter and see how it goes from there, really. Yeah, fingers crossed. I want to pet some cute animals, please. Definitely. Noted. <laughs> um, okay, so we're coming to the end of our interview now, and I'm going to ask you the question that we ask every guest on the podcast. Could you give us three words to summarise your time at Cats, please? Lots of lots of Jack's gelato. Can I go with that? Like literally every single day. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram We'll put a little, we'll put a little da- hyphen between Jack's exactly. gelato. Exactly. We'll <laughs> yeah, I follow him on Instagram now, and I see like every day he's open another store, like he? all these flavours. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Um, so genuinely, like every night at like eleven, it'd be like, should we go get ice cream? Yeah, sure. I went. I went so, up yeah, to Cambridge that's... last month to go and collect some books, and I made sure that I got my Jack's gelato fix while I was up there. How is it? How is he doing? Is it still going? Like the uh... yeah, he's got yeah. like a, a great little window scheme going on. Contactless payments. It's great. Dreamy. All COVID secure. Alex, follow him on Instagram. He puts on his stories when he's making the ice cream. It's honestly, it makes me really sad that I'm not there, but also really excited to finally have it. Yeah. yeah. I found out ZZ's, um, the one right in the middle of Cambridge isn't closing because I saw it was like, you know, restaurants under threat. And then I checked the website and it's like, we'll still be opening in like September, October. I thought, phew. Um, so that's always good. Um, Big relief. Yeah, exactly. Not quite the same hype as Jack's Gelato's, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just stalling whilst I try and think of something here. Um, something. <laughs> to some cats um uh, but, 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 but. i know it sounds like such a cliche but it's just the friendliness um it really is because i remember just um when we were um in michaelmas and just sort of you know i like, oh, do we pick the right college and everything and you compare it with other colleges uh and you go on your open days and you hear about how friendly cats is you sort of realize that actually everyone there is so down to earth and so lovely mm-hmm. um and i don't think you can really I, I mean i know it is such a cliche but you really just can't um like replace that it is just such a you know unique thing and I think um yeah I think it is just it sort of lived up to its expectations in that in that sense so I'm gonna have to go with friendly as vanilla as that is um you do friendly 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 <laughs> you know what I think yeah I think that I think that does a good service I think that, I think that does some cuts up um yeah yeah exactly nice perfect thank you very much it was lovely to spoke to you. Yes. Lovely to spoke to you too. <laughs> I don't know if I made it clear enough, but I do really want to cuddle some guinea pigs. <laughs> we hope you really enjoyed this episode of The Spoke, because we certainly enjoyed the interviews. We hope to spoke to you again soon. This episode of The Spoke was produced by myself, Ellie Gregson, and George Kristen Marks. 
Additional thanks to Katerina Dixon for the artwork and to St Catherine's College for funding the project. You guys complete us.